one of us will come with a riff and then usually that sparks you know a riff that someone else had or they think of to compliment on the spot it's just like any other genre of music and it's all every genre is an evolution of itself and it's like the way that metal has evolved since the 80s or since metallica you know early metallica to like metallica now you know what i mean or or just any other genre the whole rap genre on this episode of In Session at Jackrabbit Sound Shack, we sit down with heavy metal band Death of a Dream to ask them to talk with us a little bit more about their song, The Man I've Become, unpack depression, and discuss why heavy metal is so unpalatable to so many listeners. I'm David Biggs. And I'm Vance Van Donselaar. We are Death of a Dream, and we are now in session at Jackrabbit Sound Shack. This is The River by Death of a Dream.
Heavy metal in Austin is somewhat of an elusive beast. There's actually a pretty decent scene here in the city, but finding a way to listen outside of the Dirty Dog or Come and Take It Live proves to be a little more difficult. They're not exactly making headlines here in town, regardless of how good they actually are, and I am actually a huge fan of metal. So whenever we get the chance to bring a metal band onto the show, we jump. Death of a Dream took us up on our request to come in, and just like our episode with Lug, we had a great time finding out just who is Death of a Dream. We all, we all just wanted to just write good music. It was like, we don't give a fuck about subgenres. We're not gonna have any rules. Like, I remember when Trey was talking to me, like him and Byron and Sean were working together and he was like, yes, yeah, I wanna do a really heavy band. I've never played in a really heavy band. I wanna do that. And I hear your vocals. And <clears throat> it was towards the end of my old band. And I was like, nah, I'm done with metal. Like, it's so done, it's, it's over. It's, I want to try and get better as a vocalist and sing more. Well, it was and kind then, of the end of all of our bands. Yeah, it was. It was around that time. Not already ended. The yeah. End. And so it was like, it's like, no, yeah, I want to try something a little bit more mainstream. Jamming. Test myself. Whatever. Well, you weren't technically broken up yet. It was me and Sean. Uh, yeah. Well. But regardless, like it was just like, well, but show me the well, tunes, and it was like, too. I'm so down. Yeah. yeah. Fuck it. I I don't give a shit about singing. I want to do this because it was. It was raw. Well, the thing with yeah. Brind, it was like, I, you know, I told you, man, I was like, we need to, like, plant some different seeds, yeah. you know? And, like, maybe do something else because it was just so stale. Yeah. And then with y'all, Course of Ruin, it was just like... Oh, it was a complete style everybody, change. Everybody was, like, had their own different ways of going and stuff. Yeah, it was... Well, I mean, it was... It was not... Yeah. Yeah, we just broke up. And Story, yeah. you just, like... You guys. Close, yeah. I promise you just drank a bunch and fuck shit up. <laughs> well, uh, before the music part of it, I'll let Jazz talk to that, but this is hands down the easiest band that I've ever been in. Um, most bands you're in, you know, it's like there's always someone that's kind of a prima donna or, the, or you're, it's like herding cats and you're just like, come on, like, you know. But in this band, you know, they're, only because we have known each other for such a long time and have been friends before we were in this band in our own different bands like uh there's no ego dramas you know like if someone brings a riff and it doesn't really turn into a song that day no one gets butthurt about it and that kind of thing and every other band i've been in has had some element of that yeah i think that's a it's a good point it's like not necessarily all of these previous bands, but, you know, just as far as, like, doing this for so long, all t like, collectively here in the scene, in the city, and, like, dealing with drama here or drama there from whatever, which way it comes from, you know what I mean? We're all, you know, it's like we're here to enjoy ourselves and enjoy our friendship and what we're trying to create, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like... Not here to fucking like have more stress and try to, you know. I think just... that plays into the music too, because you know I don't. We're definitely not trying to catch a scene that's no. going on. You know what I mean? Like you know, and God bless them, but there's plenty of kids out there with angular haircuts that are you know <laughs> doing all that shit with the down tune, and you know it, that's a thing. You know what I mean? And a lot right. of people come into it and they're like, okay, we're gonna kind of look like this and do it. I think we're just playing the music that we all dig and we enjoy playing with each other regardless. So not in that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think just to well, play off of the story's point, it's just like 
bands nowadays, you know, we were very much, so it's not, we're trying to separate from that, but our older bands, it was pretty much like, no, we're doing this to get signed, to go on tour, to try and do our best, like make a career out of music. So this is something, even though you guys say you, you want to do this to have fun and you're trying to take it in, in, in at least one sense less serious, this is also something that you're very serious about and want to... Well, of course. Yeah, but serious great. for different reasons. Sure. Yeah, we yeah. want to be very good. We want to test our own limits. At the exact same time, though, like, it's very much <clears throat> in the aspect of we're in this to make memories mm -hmm. and to make music that'll live well past we're, when we're dead and gone. You know what I mean? And so it's not like in the aspect of serious of we have to get signed we have to do yeah. this we have to do that I mean, no like you ser like realistically look at the music business and how it works these days you know and it's just like night and day from when we grew changed. up yeah <clears throat> night and day we don't expect to become rich and famous fucking rock stars and shit you know what i mean and it's just like we will speak for yourself <laughs> it, ah. there's always a potential for any musician to make it to that level or whatever but it's like you know we're we're jamming because it's what we enjoyed it yeah well, to, to that point is that something that you would even want no okay <laughs> so, i mean thinking about me? it me no you're right well just i mean even collectively as a band thinking about it because once you start to get to a certain echelon, things change. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, you, you yeah. can't deny that, right? Mm -hmm. So, is that something that you all are looking for in one way or another, or, or are is you it, just it's a good thing? It's say, it right. depends on the circumstance and the opportunity, right? Okay. We're we're not completely closed-minded to, you know, what we want to do and how we want to do it. We're very open to that aspect. However, we are very well aware of our means and what we're capable of being able to do realistically we're also aware of our age exactly so, you know what <laughs> i mean kids so, anymore. we can't just quit our jobs and yeah. go on the road yeah i mean you're what, saying what that but like, are you? Uh, i'm 37 37 so mid to late 30s i'll be 39 well, we'll call it that soon <laughs> <laughs> yeah, story, how old you is how old you is 45 how old's byron 45 44 yeah so, I mean, yeah, 37 is the youngest in the band, you know, yeah. and we all have full time jobs and we have those responsibilities, you know, being an adult, the kids, but serious girlfriends, family, yeah. shit like so that, bills, we can't pay. just drop everything and leave. Like, we, right. if we, if, if we knew all of the uh, right decisions to make and the right steps to take in the, in the real music business to be able to go and do a tour and build ourselves over time yeah, and still be able to support. And still, you know, yeah. like, and not ourselves yeah. and family and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Then, then sure. Yeah. We're, we're down to give it a shot, but. Mm. You know. Yeah. And I think things are different. Very you guys, different. You guys are musicians. I mean, you know, the deal, like from back in the day, I remember the, like one of the first shows we played in Austin, like the only way to like tell people about that, you know, it was like printing off flyers and <laughs> like, Hey, can you throw this away for me? Like, you get your street team together. <laughs> you know, just doling them out, like, you know, grinding it, trying to put shit up at. You know, anywhere you could hang up Our a poster. Lines. Yeah, totally. anywhere. And you know, new yeah. bands don't know about that. Yeah, and and nowadays it's totally different. I mean, like you can. I mean, number uh, one, I don't want to go out there. You can have fans from a, You can kind of determine where your fans are. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's like if you put something out and for whatever reason, you know, you sold, uh, you know, however many thousand copies in, in a pick a country, 
you can decide that it's worth your while to go there or a city or that kind of thing. And I think it's, it's such a better way to be, even if, even if we all were younger, like that whole thing of throwing yourself in a van with a bunch of sweaty dudes and just playing at, you know, uh, wherever. VFW Hall. No one's, no one's heard of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. You know, nowadays you can target people, you can figure out where your fans are, you can make it kind of worth your while. Plus, on top of that, we're, we're no longer the target audience. You know what I mean? We're older. We don't necessarily fall into a, a specific bucket. And like you were saying before with how bands play now and how they promote for shows, it's the same way with like back in the day how it was with the record industry. When there was a record industry, they could afford to take chances on bands and see what happens and stuff like that. It's not happening now. They're they're targeting the younger cats that they know can live in a van for yeah. nine months, play VFW halls and, and big places in front of 15 people. And that's the thing, we've all done no that money. for many years yeah. on our own, you know. Not to the scale not like, of some It's bands, not like but... we haven't necessarily, like, paid our dues and whatnot. But, but we paid our fucking dues. You know, yeah. it's, it's not <laughs> like... And we're still like paying any, them. Any other musician, <laughs> you know? We're still paying them, you know what I mean? You like, know, it's Honestly, just... I don't care if we play for, like, one or two people, you know? Yeah. I love to, to play. That's the thing. Exactly. We love to play and perform and share that. Whether that's two people or two thousand, you know. Yeah, they have that saying like, you know, you know, it's time to hang it up when you play to a bar of zero people. I don't think we were like that. I think that, we have fun. I've done that. Exactly. It's all done that. Practice. Yeah. So it's like I'm sure the sound guy wasn't even there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like it's like went outside. I was like, everybody, why are we playing? Can we just leave? <laughs> like it's just we make music to have fun and to just challenge ourselves how are you doing tonight <laughs> you one person in the yeah. crowd this is unbroken by death of a dream
listening to alternative music back in the 90s. I loved Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and Stone Temple Pilots. That love for raw energy and distorted guitars carried me into artists like Korn, Marilyn Manson, and finally what I considered to be my mecca of metal, Slipknot's self-titled album, and Mudvayne's LD50. There was an honesty and poetry to something that I noticed most people avoided, and I never quite understood why that was. We asked Death of a Dream, why is metal so hard for people to get into? I think everybody has their own taste, man, you know, and everybody has their own closed or open mindedness to whatever they like or what moves them, you know? Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. However, heavy metal in a video game, heavy metal in a commercial, heavy Mm -hmm. metal in a certain scene in a movie, people are amped, they're pumped about it, even if they don't normally listen to Mm -hmm. it, right? So they're not necessarily averse to the style of music in and of itself. But maybe it's the setting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, that also plays into what you're talking about. But why do you guys think? Because I feel like there's a lot of honesty in a lot of metal music. Yeah, absolutely. There is. And I mean, and the the number one complaint you hear from people that don't listen to metal is like it's too loud. They scream. Uh, the vocals. Yeah. They, they all they do is scream. So you know, it's, it's yeah. different. Like, read some lyrics. Different like, people have different tastes. Like, you know? Take a moment and look at like what these musicians are doing, like the technical shit that they're doing. All these years they've spent learning these instruments and mastering these instruments, or, or go listen to your shitty pop music where they haven't done anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, they didn't that's song. It's a different thing that happens. I mean, like, you know, created his own thing, but John Mayer has never played a riff that made <laughs> someone in the crowd want to throw their body into the other person in the crowd. Uh, he did on Chappelle <laughs> show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Play, the fight <laughs> yeah. Play the fight riff. Play the fight riff. But you know I, mean? like, 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 I think it goes a lot phrase. deeper <laughs> into like how music, uh, you know, makes affects our the human emotion and how you know it can put you in or in a mood or in a in a feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, like in a movie, you're watching. Like Terminator, you know, the 90s Terminator. Oh, Guns N' like, Roses. Guns N' Roses. Yeah, yeah, you know. Oh, my God. Like, that shit got you pumped the fuck up, right? Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it would have been completely different with it, with different music. Yeah, but that, you can also get that feeling from, like, listening to classical music that's, like, you know. Sure. You know, just as powerful. Going off of what you're saying right there about, like, having that song in, like, Terminator or whatever, and going along to what you're talking about. I think people don't realize that they do need metal music. Right. Especially for movie scenes like that or video games like you mentioned, you know, something that's going to get you amped up. They might not like it, you know, regularly, but if it wasn't there, like, what else are you going to put in there? Like, yeah. Like, people, they need it. I think it's also something to be, like, something to do with how it's presented. Exactly. Like, if you were to try and get somebody who's not in the metal, in the metal, you wouldn't show them the Dillinger escape plan, right? Right. You know what I mean? Like, like the shit that, like, metal fucking nerds like myself go nuts for. Right. That's not going to be my go-to. My go-to, and we were talking about it before, was, like, bands like Pantera, bands like Deftones, bands like uh, even Metallica. You know what I mean? Like, like, and I think that's goes into part of our writing. You know, we can get as technical as possible, but at the end of the day, we're all fucking groove nerds. Yeah, we love groove. Like the power of the groove is one of the heaviest things on the planet, and you can do that said groove in so many different ways. Power of the riff. Yeah, power of the riff. You know what I mean? That's what we grew up with, and so it's like I was 
and I'm not saying it to talk shit or to to, to dabble because there's some bands nowadays that completely more modern style than us that I love that I completely did especially local wise um, but at the end of the day it's it's all about the groove it's all about just getting back to finding that person because how many times have we played shows where people are like I don't even like metal but I understood outside of the screaming understood exactly what you guys were doing it made sense it felt good it was a high energy thank you for listening to in session at jackrabbit soundcheck we wanted to remind you that if you like what you hear please subscribe to our show and if you're watching on youtube don't forget to tap the notification bell so you never miss an artist okay now on with the show when people hear heavy metal it can be hard for them to get past the guttural screams blistering guitars and the barrage of drums but believe it or not there is actually a songwriting process for even metal songs. A lot of the time it can be incredibly brilliant and we're always interested in what goes into a great song for an artist. What do they scrutinize and how collaborative is the process among the band? We wanted to know how Death of a Dream did it and we asked, what does your songwriting process entail? Well, yeah. I mean, it just depends on our schedule, right? So like when we first started out, we had nothing. So for hours, it was very much songwriting. Once we played our first show, things kind of took off pretty quick for us as yeah. far as like being able to play more shows, more opportunities. We got to the first year we we came out live. We played in Austin every month, and it was sometimes two to three times a month. And so we played every single month for the whole entire year mm -hmm. of what two thousand fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. So a few years back, and it's just like at that point it was more about just getting tight. It's like we we have the like once we released the 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 EP and everything it was like now we have that we just want to be really tight at what we're playing we want to be energetic but we also want to have people understand what we're saying. So and we I mean, wanted to play mixed. shows. Yeah, we wanted you know, to play we shows. Wanted a gig. Now that we have the EP's been out for a hot minute and you know we played a shit ton of shows it was like okay so we need a new set so. That point, it's just we're really good about communicating. Like we need to work on the set, or no, we're we're gonna have a show for a while. Let's take some time off. Let's write. Let's come up with some new shit and make it refreshing not to play the same, you know, six it's songs. A, it's a every pretty organic set. process. You know, yeah. one of us will come with a riff, mm -hmm. and then usually that sparks, you know, a riff that someone else had or they think of to complement on the spot. It's just like any stuff. other genre of music. And it's all, every genre is an evolution of itself. And it's like the way that metal has evolved since the 80s or since Metallica, you know, early Metallica to like Metallica now, you know what I mean? Or, or just any other genre, the whole rap genre evolves. We've just been evolving since we started doing this. It's just like we're constantly writing here and there and together. I don't remember. And it's just like, it's just it's just organic and, and so you're flowing. hanging outside hanging out outside of your rehearsals well, we share when you're not oh yeah we share riffs back and forth writing music. that was about yeah. to say like that Sean like the technology being the way it is send riffs around like you know i can record something in my bedroom yeah. and then send it it won't sound good but i'll send it to the guys and be like you got this idea but you get yeah, you, get you know instead of having to rely on being at practice you know and when we all meet up because of the way everything is set up now like i can just email an idea yeah, one thing is certain is that a riff will come together, a collection of verses come together, 
We'll give it some kind of ridiculous ass name, like okay, this is Man Bun Volcano or yeah, whatever. Like, hot beef sandwich. Hot sandwich is actually the working title for the, and, the and, one until he comes yeah. up with an actual name. What and that's a, exactly how it works. Yes, sir. That has to be a Dick Clark. Uh, Dick Clark. <laughs> Uh, Jim Dugga Dugga. Oh no, Hacksaw Jim. Hacksaw Jim Dugga Dugga. Yeah, yeah. That was also called Dugga 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 Doll. Yeah, yeah. That was the name. That's how you'd write it on the way. And that's what we'd write on the board. The song that we played tonight. That's not what it's called, but that's what we call it. Yeah. That's how remember the riff Yeah, we have rehearsal space. Yeah, it's the band co-op off of. Dessa near Rumberg, somewhere. Brown, Brown Lane. Brown Lane. Yeah. Brown Lane, yeah. It's up there by Dessa. Yeah. And we've all practiced there for probably the past 15 years. Oh, yeah, I started practicing there in like 04. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 03, 04, I think so. I went up there with Gray. Yeah. As far as lyrics go, is there, is there uh, sort of a theme to what happens, or is it just what you're feeling from the music that you hear? Like, so we're. we're a little more interested in that process with songwriting. You know, are the lyrics first, are the instrumentation first? If so, what oh, bounces instru- off the... Instrumentation first. Instrumentation yeah. first. Yeah. So do you... I mean, I'm assuming you write the lyrics. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So do you pull off of what you feel from the instrumentation or... Both. What you pull out of life, both, all that both, kind of stuff? Both, both. Okay. Um, especially with the amount of screaming that I do, I like for... I am so sorry. I forgot to turn my phone on silent, so I apologize Man, for being that asshole. Uh, I will take ownership so of that. Um, it better be a booty <laughs> call too, because I swear to God, no. Nah, but uh, <laughs> so it, it comes from both. Uh, I'm a big fan of the vocalists that are very rhythmic with the rest of what, what the rest of the band is doing. I want the vocal pattern to match with what they're doing to add something to it, because I consider a vocalist most part. If you don't play a guitar on stage. You're the musician's cheerleader. I don't believe in the front man bullshit, but I want to match with what they're doing. And then when they have more melodic parts, I can kind of match in regards to notes, what he's playing on his leads or whatever. Lyrically, it's very much of what I'm going through. I wear my heart on my sleeve. So like... For everybody to see. Yeah, like... <laughs> but I mean, it's just very much what I'm feeling at the time. Some of our songs, are really fucking dark. Some of our songs are more of a reflection of the society that we live in today. You know what I mean? So it kind of goes between, I'm really good about turning the camera, or, you know, the angle on me just as much as I'm, as I'm willing to point it out. The song is The Man I've Become by Death of a Dream. You realize that, like, I could only do this for so much longer, right?
Part of the reason we here at In Session do this is because we love to follow journeys. Journeys that artists embark upon within themselves and with each other as a band. And if you've ever taken on your own journey, you understand how perilous it can actually be. It's dangerous to be face to face with oneself when we're being honest about who we are. This stood out to us while listening to Death of a Dream record the song, The Man I've Become, in the studio. We wanted to hear more about that. That, I've been depressed and didn't really recognize it mm-hmm. for about 15 years. Uh, all the shit that I had before kind of swept under the rug. I drank a lot. Um, just kind of deal with it. And so recently went through a bit of a life change. Had to completely change diet, stuff like that. And uh, 10 weeks, no booze, no food, nothing. And uh, you realize how like, the vices that you have before and how alone you kind of are. And that's when everything kind of that I swept under the rug staring me in the face. That's what started uh, uh, the man I've become. Just because uh, living, me and Trey are roommates. Um, he's been helping me out a lot, a lot. Um, with being able just to write about stuff, you know, before I wanted, I was really sick and tired of the metal. It was always negative and darky connotation stuff like that. It was like, it's the same thing, just kind of rehashed and, uh, tried to write more positive lyrics and stuff like that. But then it just got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't, there's no positivity. So yeah, that's you, where the song came from. You weren't being honest with yourself. No. No, it's it's very easy to kind of not point at yourself and you can write completely be reflective on everybody else. I mean, there's so many bands that have done that before and just you, 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 you. <clears throat> but I can't write that way. I very much have to be completely honest because at the end of the day, I, I'll, I'll know it's fake and it won't come out the way that I want it to as far as like performance-wise, stuff like yeah. that. So, it's not from the heart. Yeah, it's kind of pointless. Yeah, we're not uh, we're not a theme band, so it's like we're not like kids where we could write, you know, certain things and talk about certain things and songs about his dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, they can they can get away with that type of shit. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I want more depth. You know what I mean? And and that helps me. That was me with the depression like before. I didn't talk about anything. I was very introverted. Didn't talk about my shit at all. Uh, but going through it and being more honest is actually helping me cope as well, you know, and learn about myself. Right. So, gotcha. Yeah. Um, have you considered therapy, counseling? I have a therapist. Okay. I've seen a psychiatrist. So they've got me on meds that I'm not really stoked on. But at the exact same time, my brothers got me to, you know, help me with the life change, show me different directions, give me different opportunities to, you know, not be so much in my head. Do you have a therapist and a psychiatrist? Yes. Okay, so you've got both. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, good. So I, uh, I've been seeing a counselor myself for about three, three years. Uh, really? Once a week. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fresh to this, so I'm still yeah. getting used to it. But, yeah. yeah uh, well, you didn't ask for it, but one um, bit of advice that I can give you is always be honest with yourself, first yeah. and foremost. Thank you. It's real easy for us to lie to ourselves and say, I'm not doing that. 
That's mm-hmm. not me. Um, I'm not like this. But it might be. No, I think part of that also has to do with just not just me, it's everybody in the band. It's just, it's very much of, and what I'm learning about, accepting what you can control and not giving a fuck about what you can't. Right. And so it's not just me, it's very much everybody here. You know what I mean? Like, shit happens. You know what I mean? Don't worry about things that you don't have control over. Yeah. yeah. That's what and my fiance is always That's extraordinarily me. difficult. Yeah, no, <laughs> it absolutely every- is. <laughs> it yeah. absolutely is. And I'm the fucking, I could be the poster boy for being the one to, to freak out and to flip yeah. out about shit that I have no control over. But, you know, it just, it makes it a lot easier to, to focus on the day-to-day mm-hmm. because that's all that you could really do. You know what yeah. I mean? So, I don't know. Like, it's just getting back to the song and, you know, uh, the point of it. I mean, it's like, it'll be refreshing when we finally record it and put it on an EP and actually get it out to the public because I feel like when we're writing it, we're performing it, it's like very much taking a wound and ripping the Band-Aid off. And look at it this way. It's like we were saying the music is done or not necessarily done, but the music gets composed and then Sculpted. the lyrics come in. Yeah. You know, and one thing, like he's like he's saying, like in my own personal experiences, I can relate to a lot of things that he ends up coming up with for lyrical content and stuff like that. And, you know, then I'll throw in suggestions about things or whatever, or, or just ideas. We're, we're becoming more and more collectively like creating on newer newer material like a lot of the stuff that we did today yeah and you uh, would think after three years that we'd already be there but i mean we're constantly learning from each other it's a never-ending process yeah exactly and it's like we're only going to get closer and closer you know as the years go on for sure and they allow me to have just as much say so as i allow them to have you know it's like i'm not the the singer that Hey, write a song, send it to me, I'll come up with something. No, I'm at every practice, whether I'm screaming or not. And they allow me to have just as much input in the music, you know what I mean, as I do with them. He's the first person. Like, I don't write lyrics and not show the band because I want the band to be behind what I'm talking about. If it's stupid or if it could be said better or if it's fucking killer, you know what I mean, they're absolutely honest with me and he's the first one every single time where he'll read it and then I, and we'll take a break he'll go over it a couple of times and he'll sit down and was like tell me about the song and I was like what and he was like this is what I'm getting from the song but what what are you talking about and then from there he'll throw out different lyrical ideas he'll throw out different ways for me to phrase certain things stuff like that and so it's that chemistry that we're that we're creating this music from and and it's what we're creating that we want to share with because just like um we feed off each other's ideas and lyrical contents or riffs or whatever it may be there's other people out there that will that we that we want to share that with that may or may not relate to or whatever take whatever they want from it you know what i mean and that's just just that's what we're doing, you know. So you said, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you real quick. You said that, you, you know, there was a lot of metal out there that was about negative things. 
and you personally have gone down some dark roads or whatever, mm-hmm. are you making a conscious effort to write music that is more positive? Yeah, so it's on both ends of the... Oh, God, I thought you were breathing. I was like, huh? I didn't mean interrupt. No, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> is it more positive or is it more honest? It's way more honest, positive or not. But you're in a, um, more, a more positive place now. Uh, I am now. I am now. So but this is talking. Well, we haven't really written. You know what I mean? Like the songs to. we have, we're working on shit now. But a lot of the stuff we've had, we've had for oh, wow. six months, eight oh, months, shit. something like that. I'm longer than that, around. a year. We played on Brooklyn at the Cedar Release Party. Yeah, release party. yeah, you're right. So, like it, it, it's very much. On the end, like, for example, Unbroken. I might as well go through the whole entire thing. Unbroken is a song that I wrote for my mom. Uh, and it was very much a song about not giving a fuck who you were. Or uh, how, not giving a fuck how people thought of you. You know, you hear people tell you that's not the right way you should do this. Or you, you could totally do this better. Or, you know, whatever. Especially in the music industry, you get told no how many times before you're told yes. You know what I mean? So just not giving a fuck anymore and just being very much like, I know who I am. I accept the decisions that I make. So that to me is a positive song, just accepting who you are. Uh, But at the exact same time, on the exact opposite, you've got songs like The Man I Become or The River, which is literally about me dreaming about drowning myself in the river to let it take me to someplace better. And that in itself is like therapy. Yeah. We all have our, you know, like mm-hmm. our demons. And, you know, it's like getting it out almost, you know, mm-hmm. playing music. It's like our own therapy. Mm-hmm. Therapy for me to, to play the riffs, to come up with the riffs, or to have a an emotion from a certain kind of riff and to hear that like translated into words or lyrics and and kind of you know put in a different direction it's just yeah. i don't it's just like it's I, a release yeah, yeah. yeah. we feed off of each other you, you build up all this angst and anger and all the problems that you deal with and then we get to go on stage and just let it the fuck go mm-hmm. you know we'll, we'll go up there stop around scream at you for 40 minutes and when we come off stage it's smiles and hey this song is called all hatred aside by death of a dream.
Death of a Dream is Sean Twyman, Byron Gilmore, Sean Young, Trey E. Barbo, and Matt Story. We at Jackrabbit Soundcheck want to thank Death of a Dream for reminding us why we need heavy metal and for opening up about a very serious illness, depression. We encourage any and all who are troubled or suffering to find someone to speak to. Help is available in your area and more affordable than you think. You can find Death of a Dream's record, Birth of a Nightmare, on your favorite streaming service or at their website, deathofadream.com. Thank you for listening, and don't miss our last episode of the season featuring singer-songwriter Kelly McRae on March 18th.